Well, good morning, everyone. How are you today? Good. Good to see you. My name is Josh. It's always a privilege to be with you for the preaching of God's Word. Wasn't it a blessing to hear those testimonies of how the gospel is being shared here in Bakersfield? Yes, yes, it was. In light of that, in our remaining time for this morning, our focus is going to be on the heart and the urgency of sharing the gospel. The heart and urgency of sharing the gospel. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll start in verse 14. And for the sake of time today, we'll read the passage as we go. When you think about sharing the gospel, there are probably many things that come to mind. Most of us probably think about how we don't share the gospel enough. Maybe you have some feelings of fear about sharing the gospel or feel a little bit uncomfortable about talking to someone about the gospel. Maybe we think of missed opportunities that we've had to share the gospel. Or you might even think that the gospel, sharing the gospel, isn't really your gifting. The goal for this morning isn't for us to share the gospel more often because we are driven by our emotions. The goal is not to muster up some sort of feeling so that we share the gospel more often. Because being driven by our emotions doesn't produce lasting change. Because our emotions constantly change. But more importantly than that, sharing the gospel isn't about how we feel. It's not about how we feel. So rather, the goal for this morning is to be reminded of the majesty of Jesus, to be reminded of the greatness of his grace in forgiving our sins, and to be reminded that sharing the gospel is the work that God has given every Christian to do until he returns. So with that in mind, let's consider two principles about sharing the gospel from our passage this morning. Keep in mind, there's certainly more that we could say about this passage. The first principle that we see, I believe, is that we share the gospel because of Christ's love for us. We share the gospel because of Christ's love for us. If you look at the first part of what Paul says in verse 14, he says this, For the love of Christ controls us. The love of Christ controls us. It is one of the strongest phrases that Paul uses in the New Testament 
about why he is compelled to share the gospel. But the question remains, what does it really mean that the love of Christ controls us? I think Charles Hodge explained it well by saying this. He says this, quote, In this passage, Christ's love coerces or presses and therefore impels. It is the governing influence that controls the life. A Christian is one who recognizes Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God, God manifested in the flesh, loving us and dying for our redemption. A Christian is so affected by a sense of the love of this incarnate God as to be constrained to make the will of Christ the rule of his obedience and the glory of Christ the great end for which he lives. In other words, the love of Christ in his dying in our place is so powerful, it is so precious, it is so wonderful, so gracious, so merciful, that it completely changes our lives. The love of Christ compels us to take action. So that when we see the beauty and the majesty of Christ, we cannot help but devote our entire lives to him and to the work that he calls us to do. And this is exactly what Paul goes on to say in the following verses. Picking up where we left off in verse 14, Paul says, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. The death and resurrection of Christ not only secures the forgiveness of our sins, but it also gives us a new life. Notice what Paul says in that section, that we are to no longer live for ourselves. The person who is not in Christ is fully devoted to living for themselves. That is who we are apart from the goodness and kindness and work of Christ. And so that means that in Christ, we no longer live to pursue our own desires, our own passions, but instead we live to pursue God's purposes, which is that the gospel would be proclaimed to everyone, everywhere, without exception, and that disciples would be made. Paul makes this even more clear in verses 16 and 17 by declaring that in Christ we are a new creation. 
How is this possible? How is it possible that we no longer would live for ourselves, but would live for him who died for us? That is what Paul is answering in 16 and 17, because we have been made a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come, is what he proclaims. The old way of living, then, is no longer. In Christ, we have a new way of thinking and a new way of acting because we have a new identity. And it is a two-sided coin, so to speak, because in one sense, God declares us to be a new creation. Meaning that because he has declared it and secured our salvation, it is a sure thing. We are a new, we are a new creation in Christ because he has declared it to be so and has purchased us by his own blood. But on the other side of the coin, he also helps us to live in a manner that is consistent with how he calls us to live. And he helps us to live in that way by helping us to understand who he is and the riches of what he has done for us in Christ. And so the heart of sharing the gospel is not about feeling a certain way. It's not about mustering up some emotion. The heart of sharing the gospel is understanding and being captivated by Christ's love for you in his dying in your place. And then in response to his love, we not only live lives of holiness, but we proclaim the precious message which saved our souls. And in doing so, we are loving our Savior and worshiping our Savior who purchased us. The application before we move on is hopefully fairly straightforward. Is Christ's love compelling you to share the gospel? Is Christ's love compelling you to share the gospel? If not, understand that your heart is captivated by something else. We must constantly and daily ask God to reveal what else we are captivated by, repent of those things, and also ask him to help us better understand the riches of his kindness and his love for us as we devote ourselves to prayer and scripture. And so we share the gospel because of Christ's love for us. Our second principle is that we share the gospel because God has entrusted us with the gospel. We share the gospel because God has entrusted us with the gospel. 
And this is what we see in verses 18 through 20. Paul goes on to say this. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. God in his sovereignty chooses to bring people to salvation through the proclamation of the gospel from those who are already saved. He could do it any way that he desired to do it, but this is how he had chosen to do it. And verse 20 makes this clear. Again, it says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. But at the same time, we must not neglect God's sovereignty. Going back to verse 18, look at what Paul says. All of this is from God. All of this is from God. In other words, the gospel is God's message. He is sovereign over salvation. Everyone who is supposed to be saved will be saved on the final day because God and his word do not fail. It is his way of salvation. It is his message. And he has entrusted the message to us to share faithfully. And so if you are a Christian, then you are an ambassador for Christ. You are a representative of the king who purchased you with his own blood. And an important part of that is that an ambassador, as a representative, doesn't change the message. As much as the culture would like us to change the message to be more fitting to what the culture loves and upholds, that's not what an ambassador is to do. Rather, an ambassador proclaims the message that has been given because it is the king's message. And so it is every Christian's duty to proclaim the gospel where the Lord places us. But not only have we been entrusted with the gospel, there is also an urgency to share the gospel. And you can hear the urgency in Paul's words at the end of verse 20. Paul says this at the end of our passage. He says, we implore you or we beg you we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
the urgency of sharing the gospel is that what people need most is a righteousness which they do not have. What people need most is a righteousness which they do not have. It is a righteousness that is only found in Christ in which he became sin and sinners become righteous by trusting in him and repenting of their sin. This is what we needed most. And this is what our families, our friends, our neighbors, and our coworkers need most. So will we be faithful to share the gospel with the people that God has placed around us? It is so easy to become distracted by what the world has to offer. And oftentimes in life, we focus on things that really have no eternal significance at all. But let us not forget that God has given us a work to do until he returns. It's really not that complicated. And oftentimes we make life more complicated than it needs to be. But when we read God's word, he tells us very plainly what he expects of us in this life before Jesus returns and exactly what we are to do. And so as we close this morning, again, we share the gospel because of Christ's love for us. His love for us is to be the governing and driving influence that compels us in our lives to live for Christ and to proclaim his message to everyone who would listen around us. And when we see the beauty and the majesty of who Jesus is, we can't help but not be fully devoted to the work that he calls us to. But then also we share the gospel because God has entrusted us with the gospel. It is the work that he has told us to do until he returns. A few points of application as we close this morning. Be intentional about sharing the gospel with your family, your friends, your coworkers, and your neighbors. The beauty of the body of Christ is that Christ has placed us all in different careers and in different neighborhoods and in different, with different families and around different people who need Christ. The, the goal is, is not just to invite people to church so that they hear the gospel here. We do hope that that happens. We do want unbelievers to come here and to hear the gospel and to be saved and to get plugged in the church. Absolutely. But the purpose of Sunday mornings is for us to gather as believers, for us to worship God, for us to see his majesty, for us to receive instruction from his word, and then for us to leave this place, go out into the world, where God has us to live lives that reflect Christ and to share the gospel with words. 
Secondly, we need to get involved in various ministries. I would encourage you to to get involved in one of the ministries that shared this morning. We partner specifically and intentionally with these ministries because they are committed to sharing the gospel locally. And so if you're looking at your life and you're like, man, my family members are believers. A lot of my coworkers are believers, whatever it might be. And you're looking for more opportunities, get involved in some of these ministries that we partner with. We partner with them specifically because they provide opportunities to share the gospel consistently. And then lastly, um, come attend what we call the Reach Bakersfield worship, uh, Workshop, which is going to be this Wednesday night. So this Wednesday night from 6.30 to 8.30, it's going to be here in the worship center. And it just provides some training on how to better share the gospel. The purpose is really to help us grow in sharing the gospel clearly to people because we don't want to share a false gospel because a false gospel does not save. So we need to know the true gospel. We need to know the message. And so whether you have had a lot of experience sharing the gospel or whether you have no experience sharing the gospel, I promise you that there will be something that you can gain if you come this Wednesday night here in the worship center from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. So let us be faithful to do the work that God has called us to do, not on our own strength, Uh, but by relying on his strength and not for our own glory, but for his glory alone. Let's close in prayer and respond in worship. God, thank you for the precious truth of the gospel that you who knew no sin were made to be sin so that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ. Forgive us, God, when we forget the preciousness of the gospel, when we act as if it is old news rather than the good news that it is. Help us, Father, to treasure you, to love you, God, to understand the riches of your kindness and your love for us in Christ. And may that govern our lives, our thinking, our acting. Be with us as we go out into the various places that you have us. Help us to have compassion for people and to faithfully share the gospel and to do the work that you've called us to do. We pray that you would receive all of the glory for it. We love you and praise you. We give you all of these things. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.